It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Steve Ducey. I'm Dana Perino. I'm Tyrus. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, November 27th, 2023. I'm Eben Brown. Hamas is swapping more Israeli hostages for imprisoned Palestinian terrorists and gaining two more days of ceasefire. The extension deal comes with brokering by Qatar, who fewer and fewer are seeing as a good guy. A regime that enjoys the trappings of being accepted in Western circles, while at the same time courting Islamic radicals that engage in terrorism. The U.S. has tolerated this, so as the Israelis over time. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Hey folks, it's your man Keyshawn Johnson here to talk about Angie. Formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. Marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus. They've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. A shaky stream of hostages have returned to Israel, released by Hamas via the International Red Cross. The silent videos show the released children waving at the masked terrorists as they leave. Elderly ladies are seen swatting away the terrorists' hands, insisting to help them board a van. One such elderly lady was returned in critical and unstable condition. She is 84-year-old Alma Avraham. She was dragged into Gaza on the back of a motorbike. Elma was in Hamas captivity for 51 days and nights. She was kept in a, in a harsh condition. She was denied life-saving medication. She was not visited by the Red Cross. That's Israeli Navy Admiral Daniel Hagari. These exchanges and the ceasefire for which Hamas begged were arranged after negotiations through the Emirate of Qatar, a small but wealthy kingdom on the eastern end of the Arabian Peninsula. It wants to be seen as a peace dealer, but Qatar is long known as an Iran proxy, exporting money to terrorists and offering them shelter. Hamas leadership all live in opulence in Qatar, while the Gaza Palestinians are left to fight their wars. The Israelis have never trusted the Qatari. 
only dealing with them when needed. And from a number of directions now, patients with Qatar in the Arab world may be running out. To note that the regime in Qatar has been supporting a wide range of terrorist organizations over the years. Dr. Jonathan Chanzer of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies is also the author of Gaza Conflict 2021, Hamas, Israel, and 11 Days of War. Hamas uh, support has gone on for the for probably more than a decade now. There is a long history of uh, the Qataris providing support to the Taliban. In fact, it was the Qataris that provided the Taliban with an embassy in Doha that ultimately ended up negotiating that uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan that really was probably the ugliest looking withdrawal in American military history, right. uh, certainly in modern history. We see al-Qaeda figures that have been based in that country. We see ISIS figures that have been running around with impunity. KSM, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the planner of 9-11, famously found refuge inside of Qatar. So what we're looking at is a regime that uh, enjoys the trappings of uh, kind of being accepted in Western circles, uh, while at the same time courting uh, Islamic radicals that engage in terrorism. And so this is how we find ourselves where we are now. The U.S. has tolerated this, so as the Israelis over time. But after the 10-7 attacks, it really became apparent how untenable this all is, that the Qataris had provided a safe haven to Hamas, that they'd been providing more than $150 million a year that we know of, kind of over the table. And then there are lots of reports about how money may be uh, being uh, ferreted into the Gaza Strip by way of Iran, and that may be happening at the same time. So I think there is a realization here in Washington that the clock has run out on the Qataris. They will be useful now as we try to bring the rest of the hostages that are still alive, maybe even those that have perished. There'll be an attempt to bring them back with Qatari assistance. But the Qataris, I think, at this point know that um, the things have turned, that the American public sees them for who they are, the American Congress sees them for who they are, and there will likely need to be changes as a result of this war. I sometimes might find it hard to believe that the Qataris really care what the Americans might actually think of them. Are there any other pressures on, on uh, Doha right now? Uh, in, in the middle of this, in the thick of this. Remember, just weeks before the 10-7 attacks, we had uh, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia on Fox News saying, we're that much closer to peace with Israel, where we're closer every day, and and then this happened. So I'm wondering if there's any other pressure in the Arab world on Qatar, or do you think that that's not happening? Well, you know, we saw a lot of pressure on the Qataris back in 2017. That's when the rest of the uh, Arab countries in the Gulf decided that Qatar's support for groups like Hamas and Al-Qaeda and the Muslim Brotherhood were just simply not tolerable any longer. And so there was an effort to actually put an embargo on the Qataris, and that lasted for several years. There. I, I would say that when we look today at the relationship that the Qataris have with their neighbors, it's still not great. They still see the Qataris as the uh, kind of quintessential supporter of Islamic radical causes, and they don't like it, but they've learned to live with it 
um, in large part because the U.S. has uh, encouraged a reconciliation. So they're not feeling the heat in that way. But I I must say, though, that the carnage that was witnessed on 10-7, the, the bloodthirsty nature of Hamas, really, I think, even shocked the Qataris themselves. From all indications, they were not aware of everything that Hamas was up to. Um, and they immediately found themselves on their back foot trying to explain what it is that they've been doing, why they've been doing it. And again, I just get the sense that in Washington, the White House is tired of apologizing uh, for the Qataris. I think that Congress is perhaps done with Qatar as well, even though the Qataris are pumping a huge amount of money into Washington, D.C. There's a huge amount of lobbying going on. There's a huge amount of assistance that is ultimately finding its way to uh you know, allies of American members of Congress, that I think is all going to come to a grinding halt if things shake out the right way. Um, but, you know, in the meantime, the only real piece of leverage that the U.S. has with uh, the Qataris is actually the airbase that we have there. It's called Aludade. It's our, com- uh, our combined air operations center. It's the largest airbase we have in the Middle East. It is primarily used for the fight against terrorism, against ISIS and al-Qaeda. But our very presence there is uh, Qatar's insurance policy. This is a, you got to remember, this is yeah. a tiny country of about 300,000 citizens, uh, maybe a little bit more than a million people total living there. Um, they don't have really any natural defenses and um, they don't have a significant army. So when the U.S. puts its uh, its servicemen in Aludade, and we have aircraft, and we have other personnel. That is the thing that probably keeps Iran and perhaps other potential enemies away from the Qataris. We should be wielding that right now. We should be threatening to pull out unless Qatar writes the ship and they start to kick out Hamas, they start to kick out al-Qaeda and ISIS and the Taliban and everybody else. We don't need them to talk to these bad actors. We got plenty of other people that we can work through. The Qataris should not be part of this. We're speaking with Dr. Jonathan Shanzer of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies on the role of Qatar as truce maker between Israel and Hamas, facilitating the return of hostages while having to account for enabling terrorism. On the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition, we'll have more straight ahead. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. 
it also strikes me that that Qatar has been engaged in almost like a call it like an influence campaign. There's revelations now that uh, Qatari outfits have been funding um, a, a kind of think tanks at some American universities that that push uh, uh, learning materials in, in elementary and secondary schools. Uh, this seems almost very uh, um, almost uh, like a like a China act through the Confucius programs. Uh, is is this something the U.S. is not taking seriously enough? Oh, we've been asleep at the switch on this for years. There have been think tanks uh, famously in Washington that have taken millions and millions of dollars from the Qataris only to come out and, you know, uh, voice support for the Taliban or to voice support for uh, Hamas. Yeah. Um, really just insidious stuff. You look at uh, the universities, we estimate that... Uh, there's been something like five billion dollars sunk into American universities over the years. They spend more than one hundred and thirty million dollars a year on white shoe law firms and lobby firms to keep them on retainer so that they're conflicted out at these you know fraught moments where the Qataris don't want anybody to come after them and sue them. Um, they have been sponsoring the congressional baseball game for years. They kept the Metro open during the um, the Capitol Stanley Cup run. Um, the, the amount of money that sloshes around Washington that have Qatari fingerprints on it is just shocking. And there is when you think about it, I mean, I, I already mentioned this is a country of 300,000 citizens. Right. It's a small what, kingdom. Yes. What do they possibly want with all of that influence? What is it that they think they're going to achieve that they don't already have with their bottomless wealth? It is about influence. It's about gaining sway over uh, the powerful people in Washington uh, with the idea of perhaps even changing their views about groups like Hamas, despite the just bloodthirsty, murderous nature of the group. So you get a sense of what they're trying to pull off. And I think you also now get a sense of why people are looking to reverse these trends after so many years of just sort of letting it be. Is this influence peddling uh, on behalf of or at the insistence of Iran? Is is this a way for Iran to sort of launder this influence uh, through a third party, meaning Qatar, so it's not Iranian attempts to uh, influence either lawmakers or policymakers or think tanks or academics? Look, it's a good question, because when you start to look at those that have embraced the Qatari line, there is a lot of overlap with those that have embraced the idea of paying off the regime in Iran in order to not allow it to go nuclear. Right. The, the sort of acquiescence to Iranian uh, malign activity, the um, the embrace of what has been described as Iranian moderates who are really not moderate at all. Uh, the people that have been peddling these fictions in Washington are often the same people that appear to be under, under the influence of Qatari cash. So it is a pattern that is worth watching. It is not one for one. It is not 100 percent overlap. But that Venn diagram, I have to say, would begin to paint a troubling picture. And one last question for you, doctor. The uh, the truce uh call it the truce again, for lack of a better word, between Israel and Hamas has been extended two more days uh, under the uh, uh, thought that uh, more hostages could be released. Of course, that would mean more convicted terrorists released from the prison in the West Bank. 
at, at what point does uh, d- does Israel run out of patience with Qatar? Uh, because Israel wants to prosecute this war on Hamas. I don't think they want to ever come to a point where they say, all right, we've done enough. I think they, they learned that kind of lesson from the, the 2006 war with Hezbollah, that, you know, not finishing the job is, is way more uh, catastrophic than the war itself. Uh, and I think that that perhaps maybe Israel is, you know, they, they obviously have a chance to get their their citizens home, but they they don't want to keep listening to Qatar. No, I think I think that's right. I think they don't want to let this drag out. But you have to understand the Israelis, um, their contract that the Israeli government, the, the contract that the Israeli military has with the citizens of Israel uh, is such that they will do everything they can to get back their uh, their citizens from uh, from the hands of Hamas. Leaving them in Hamas custody is just something that they're not willing to abide by. So they will make these deals. Uh, the extra two days in their mind, I think, is going to be worth it in order to secure the release of 20 people. Uh, but after that, um, I think that's where it's going to get interesting because uh, I mean, there were reports this morning that the Qataris were able to secure guarantees from the Israelis that the Hamas um, senior officials that are based in Doha uh, will not be assassinated by the Mossad. We know that the Mossad is going to go out and start to you know, take out a number of uh, senior Hamas leaders that are based internationally. The Qataris are already trying to hedge against that. They're doing everything they can right now to be cast in the West as being the saviors, the people that you know came to Israel's aid, that came to the West's aid. The Israelis, I have to say, will put up with that for now, but that is not a long-term arrangement. The Israelis are not going to allow the Qataris to continue to, to service uh, the Gaza Strip when the Gaza Strip is ultimately rebuilt. I think the Israelis have seen that that was a massive mistake. So the contract is going to change. And it will likely lead to more friction between the Israelis and the Qataris. One thing to watch, I'll just note, is uh, there was a uh, a building that served as the Qatari embassy in the Gaza Strip. Uh, that was vacated when the war began. It's in northern Gaza, near the Shifa Hospital, near that command center that right. the Israelis dismantled. I would be shocked if the Israelis have not found intelligence in that building suggesting what the Qataris knew, how they were helping Hamas, how they may have been assisting in military matters. At some point, I would expect the Israelis to make that public. And that's when the fireworks will really start between these two countries. Dr. Jonathan Shanzer of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies, also the author of Gaza Conflict 2021, Hamas, Israel and 11 Days of War. Thank you so much for being with us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.